Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Are you in? All right, let's grow. God bless you. Have a seat. It's kind of cool because Jesus set something in motion 2,000 years ago. It's called the church. He said, I'm going to build it, and there's not any force in hell that's going to be able to stop it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for leading us in worship. It's it's unfortunate, though, because there are a lot of people who don't care about church. Um, But really, why should anyone care? I think that's a good question. And that's a question that I'm going to be answering in this series called My Church, My Home. And in this series, uh, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my journey, and you're going to hear other stories from people in our church. Uh, in fact, with me, I was kind of like born into church. In fact, my parents, uh, this this last weekend, when my parents were in town, my dad began to recount uh, the day that I was born. And, uh, and, and I was born in the house of a doctor in Randall, Washington. I know a lot of you have been there. It's a famous town. <laughs> Actually, it's a little tiny logging town up in the mountains of Cascade Mountain, uh, the Cascade Mountains in Washington. And, and it's just like logging mountain. Mountain people live there, for, for real. Uh, there was no time to get get my mom to a hospital, uh, and, and it would be about three hours away to get to a hospital, and so, and, and I was breached, and there were a lot of problems that, that, had, that had come up at the last minute. The delivery was complicated, and we were at a doctor's house. There was no, there, that, that was it. That was the best we had. The doc asked dad to choose. He said, uh, you're going to need to choose between your wife or your child, and, and I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to try to save both, but if I, but, uh, I need for you to let me know which one that I that you want to live in case we have to make that choice. And he said, "Okay, we'll save my mom. Forget the kid." Like, okay, well, th- thanks a lot, thanks a lot, Dad. But actually, that's all right. Dad, 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 Dad made that choice. But the doc also said, "Preacher, you believe in prayer, don't you?" Dad said, "Yeah." He said, "You need to get everybody in your church praying." So Dad got on the phone the old dial-up phone, and began to call every person that he could think of in town to pray. And uh, Dad said about 20 or 30 or so people dropped everything they were doing, and they went to the little tiny country church, little wood frame building there in Randall, Washington, and they prayed for several hours there in that church building, and they asked God for a miracle. And uh, finally, actually, I turned, and, and I was born alive, and my mom's alive, and I've been here ever since. See, my, my parents and I, but my parents and I believe it's because the church did something. The church prayed together for a family that was going through a really tough time. My family. And I love the church. I love the people that prayed for me, although I've never met them. I guess I have. They saw me, but I don't remember them. Half of them are probably dead now. <laughs> church is pretty powerful. Now, I grew up in a pastor's home. Uh, I've seen the best of church, and I've seen the worst of the church. Trust me, I've seen it all. 
uh, when I was a kid, I, I, could, I could say we kind of like did church a little different. Uh, there were a lot of lectures about being in the world and not of the world. If you come from a background like mine, I mean, you understand that. Uh, we, the way we translated that was that church is a safe cocoon from an evil culture. Therefore, what we wanted to do is make sure that all the people in the church never went bowling. Bowling was a big deal in those days, but we didn't go bowling. No, we never did. I never did. We, we didn't go to movies. In fact, I remember seeing my first movie. I snuck out. Mom and dad didn't know for 10 years afterwards, but I snuck out to the movie theater to see E.T. when I was 17 years old. Oh, my word. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big deal. I went in there thinking, oh, God, I know this is sin, but I've got to see this movie bad. <laughs> There, there, was, there was no movie. I mean, actually, it really wasn't sin, but that's what I was thinking. But there was no fun on Sundays. You, you, in fact, you, I, I remember this. You could not go swimming on Sundays. It was the Lord's Day. And, and there was a whole lot more. And, and the truth is, it, it, it was just very, very legalistic. Now, I want you to know something. I'm not critical of that. That's my heritage. And I can laugh about it. Because the truth is, we meant well. But at the same time, all of that stuff kind of produced some very weird people. Uh, there, was, there was more emphasis in what you can't do at that time. And, and we were supposed to, a lot of teaching on this, we were supposed to escape the, the appearance of evil. Even if it wasn't just sin, if it, even if it wasn't sin, if a person might think that you might be thinking about possibly sinning, then it's wrong to do it. And so you can't do that or go there or be seen around uh, other people. And, and that's kind of the way we lived. It's weird. <laughs> but my parents, though, they extended a lot of grace. And I learned from that. Yet at the same time, I'll just be honest with you, uh, some of the meanest, most hate-filled people I've ever known, honestly, have been church folks. Uh, we called each other brother and sister in those days. Uh, but, but many of them were nothing like a brother or sister. And that was just wrong. Truth is, I was safe there. But I was also in danger of drinking the poison that some of them had concocted because some would dress up really nice on Sundays and they would smile on Sundays. But I knew because I was on the, in the inside, I knew that they had a much meaner spirit when they were not in that building. And through the eyes of a child, that was hypocrisy at its worst because they, many would wear a mask at church and then remove the mask when they walked off the property or drove off the property. Uh, church was kind of like a show of who could be the godliest. But I changed. I saw that God is the judge of hypocrisy in the church, not me. And I eventually became less concerned about other people's flaws and even fixing other people's flaws. I, I became obsessed with something else, growing myself and allowing the Holy Spirit to fix me because he always does a better job. I'll tell you guys this. I love, love, love the church. I, I, I'm no more that, that critical, offended preacher's kid, but I'm a man who passionately pursues Jesus Christ. And today, I'm called of God to build his church. And, to, and, and one of the things that I do is that I invite others into my life who are spiritually ahead of me so that they can help shape me. I'm called to teach the Bible and to simply say what the Bible says and, and also to create an atmosphere where God's people can simply make a choice. Do I want to experience deep community with other people? That's why I love the church. My church, it's my home and it's a place where I belong. 
at my church here at City Life, we believe in thinking differently. We believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in the power of the ancient and how it's real for today and how it's also real for the future. So this is where I belong. Church, church challenges me. Church refreshes me. And, and that's simply the case because Jesus is at the center of everything that we do. I love what Jesus says. He says this in, the, in Matthew chapter 11. This is beautiful, guys. Listen to this. A lot of you don't even know this is in the Bible, but Jesus himself said this. Look at this. He said, are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I'll tell you, that, that scripture is full of some powerful terminology. Jesus really just all, all pretty much boils down to this, is that, that we just need to keep our focus on Jesus because Jesus is truly what makes my church my home. Therefore, I can grow here. I can soar here. I can enjoy myself here. So church, for me, what I want it to be for you, it's not an obligation. The church is coming home. I want to say welcome home. I don't have to go to church. In fact, I don't even go to church. I come home to church. Here, we treat church like home. And, we, and when you begin to do that, you begin to see everything differently around here because it causes us to become consistent and then deeply connected with one another. I, I love the church because what God set in motion some 2,000 years ago is still happening today. And I was, when I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, what was going on 2,000 years ago? Well, that was back at the time where, where the Roman Colosseum was up. And there were these riveting sporting events that were taking place there, kind of like what's happening over in Arlington today. But, but it, just on this grander scale. And, people, and the, people would have raved about the results. And there would be all this buzz about the gladiators and, and people saying they'll never be forgotten. And the truth is, is that the gladiators have been forgotten. Where are they? We know that battles happened, but what were the details? The truth is, is that what was once lifted up by society has now drifted into total obscurity because the people who were considered to be of utmost importance are now insignificant totally. However, around that same time, a little-known movement called Christianity had ignited, and it had begun to take shape. And this man named Jesus, he had died, and then he came back to life, and what he did really did turn the world upside down. And it was because people's lives began changing. I mean, that, that's why it happened. And the church has been growing steadily ever since, and we're a part of it. So, hey, guys, you're a part of something ancient, yet it's huge, it's vast, and you're making a difference because you're simply a part. Your grandkids, they're probably never going to know who Tim Woody was, and they won't even care, and that's okay. See, but the truth is, the church will still be there in the future. And the gospel will still be true in the future and it will be relevant to your grandkids' lives. 
So my church is my home, and it's the place where I belong. I, I belong with God's people. My home is with, with these people right here called City Life because today together what we do is we worship and we grow and we build community. But it's important to note, though, that, that City Life, is, it's people. It's people. It's not a building. Sometimes we call the building the church. I know we have City Life on the front of the building, but the building is not City Life. The church is us. We're actually the building. We're a family, but we're also a building. Look, it's, it's, it's written well here. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. He says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also, look at this, members of his household. That means you're part of the family. Okay, look on. It says, but we're built on the foundation. Now we're talking about a building built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So it was built and put together back there 2,000 years ago, and it's a building that just keeps going up, and we're getting built into it. So it's a household, it's a home, and we're also bricks, and we've been building, we've been built into this thing that started 2,000 years ago, and we just keep building and building and building it. So what God has done is God has actually sent you here to build his house with everyone else around you. How in the world do you build God's house? Well, it's, it's, it's by simply growing and becoming solid. It's by allowing yourself to be grafted in with other followers of Jesus, and then going out and finding more bricks, which are more people, and then just keep building God's house. And this is a little portion of God's mega house, City Life is. But it's my church, and it's your church. It's my church. It's my home. It's, it's simply where I belong. It's just like my, my home with my family, you know, I, the, the house that I live in, you know, that house, I need to know how it works. I need to know how it functions so that I can keep it running and so that I can make repairs and I can not cause damage. And that's really what this series is about is even learning how we work. So first of all, I just want to share this is church is not about some type of intellectual agreement on everything. So I'm trying to make church into that, but that's certainly not the case. I mean, I don't even agree with myself all the time. I mean, I might make a statement and then, then a month later going, well, wait a minute, I, I think I, I, I believe different about that. The, the, the truth is, is that we'll never agree on everything all the time. It just doesn't happen. In fact, I discussed this in more depth at our partnership lunch, which is why I want you to be there. We just have four absolutes at City Life. And, and so bottom line is you don't have to agree with me on everything for City Life to be your home. No, it's, it's, it's a home. I mean, does, does Rebecca agree with me on everything at my house? Well, actually, in this case, yes, she does. But no, of course not. Of course not. No, but we stay in our marriage regardless, even though we may disagree on some things. You get it? Yeah. Hey, guys, that, that's important. Why? It's because church is about sharing life as healthy, interactive people in a family. What we're doing is we're pursuing God. We're pursuing spiritual health. And when we make the choice, and again, it's a choice to interact with others in the church family, and when we make the choice to actually build community with one another, we all get stronger. Church isn't, it's not theater. It's not entertainment. And you know, what's, what's most important is not what the performance is like on this stage. Because you can find better performance anywhere. I mean, guys, come on. Hey, we're downtown. Bass Hall is for that, all right? What's more important is how you and I allow God to impact us and how we allow God to change us. 
So church is really where God's the audience. My, and, and here, because God is the audience, my goal will never be to rail against other traditions of Christianity or other worship styles or music styles. You know, at, at City Life, we don't, we don't pick on other Christian traditions. And, and, and we, don't, we don't pick on them because they may emphasize certain aspects of our faith that I don't emphasize quite as much. Because church is not about the trappings. Church is not a shopping mall. Church is just home. Church is home. God's the audience. And I love this because church is actually the place where heaven and earth meet together. My guy, guys, I want to tell you something. That's unbelievably powerful. Our God, beautiful and holy and powerful, is engaging with his church and we're just a bunch of people from all different backgrounds, very different from one another, but we are bound together. Like the mortar between the bricks is God. And it's God in us, and it's God among us. Guys, we're family. And here's the truth. Church is a place where it's okay to not be okay. Did you catch that? It's a place where it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Here, we, we speak truth from the Bible, and so it's not my job to make everyone feel good, nor is it my job to make everyone feel bad regarding where you are on your spiritual journey. What my job is to do is to simply teach the truth, and then we let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So here, here, here's the way it works. If you're struggling with something, church actually becomes the ideal place where you can simply ask someone to pray with you and for you. And no one at City Life is going to judge you, but instead we're going to encourage you because this is a place, your home is a place where God speaks and we listen and then we apply and we actually take action on what God is saying to us. Here's how it works. Paul says it this way. He said, when we meet Christ, the penalty for our sin is paid for, but... <laughs> But then we're also human because he says, but the presence of sin and what we've done in our lives is still there and it takes time to get the bad seed out and the good seed planted and producing a good crop. And so the church is actually designed to be a safe place for that to happen because we're at all different places in our journey. Church is a place where our lives are transformed and, and you're going to find hope in the process of transformation. So should you feel good at church? Yes. Should you feel convicted at church to grow and to change? Yes. Simply, it's simply because church is a place of grace and truth, and the truth hurts sometimes. In fact, sometimes it stings and it convicts. But the truth, the, the truth though, gives us freedom and hope, and it gives us inspiration and encouragement, which then makes us feel good. So here at your home, we extend grace. We create a warm, stable place where we will give people chances over and over and over. But, but one of the things I challenge you with, don't let any insecurities you may have or past wounds um, to become your filter for how you view your church or your ministry team or your leaders or even the members of your small group. And, and the truth is, if you let go of the hurts from your past, like I chose to do, church then becomes a wonderful place. It's your church. It's your home. It's simply the place where you belong. 
Hey, the church is the only organization, the one organization that will last from today into eternity. What schools and, and hospitals and other organizations do, what they're doing is they, they're doing good things. They're not doing bad things. They're doing necessary things. However, the church is the only organization that Jesus founded, and it's been around for 2,000 years. I'll tell you guys, the truth is no government system, no business, no nonprofit has ever lasted as long as the church. Because the church my church is where lost people are found. My church is where found people grow to love Jesus more. My church is where addicts are set free. My church is where the excluded are included. My church is where the hopeless find hope. My church is where marriages are restored. My church is where forgiveness is extended. My church is where people are healed and set free. And God gets the glory for all of it. Truth is, though, when you abandon church, you're the one who suffers. I have never seen an exception to that statement, never. And I, as your pastor, I never want to see you suffer unnecessarily because church is a place where we come to be built up and filled and empowered and strengthened. And how's that happen? Well, it's through just attending and it's through worshiping and it's through praying and listening and receiving and serving and helping and taking communion and pray, you know, building relationships. In fact, in fact, our City Life Night, which we're going to be doing here in a few weeks, the explicit focus is just on those things right there. We want to see that happen in our church. It's my church. It's my home. It's a place where I belong. It's a place where you belong as well. Well, right now, we have some special guests that are going to come to the platform that we're going to hear from, and it's my friends Spencer and Chloe Hoyt. Would you guys give Spencer and Chloe a big welcome as they come on over to the stage? Come on, come on. Welcome these guys. Woo-hoo. Yeah. All right, come on up here, Chloe. Come on, jump up, jump up. That's it, that's it. Yeah, do it the hard way. That's it, right there. High five. Good to see you. Mr. Spencer, God bless you guys. Have a seat. Man, I love these folks. I really do, really do. Um, hold on just a second here. I gotta have my, my little card so I don't forget what I was gonna, what I was going to ask you guys. But, but it's good to see you. Chloe, you doing well? Mm-hmm. Having fun today? Yeah. Okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, um, Spencer and Chloe, they're, they're fantastic people. I, I, I first ran into Spencer in the marketplace. I was, I was, uh, I was still living over in Dallas County. And, uh, and before I, I moved over here to Fort Worth, although on faith that I was going to move over here a few years ago, I, I decided I needed a dentist here in the area that was close to the church. And so, like, I, you know, I looked online. And some of them looked really scary. It's like, I don't want that guy pulling my tooth. He looks really scary. He probably does it with a chisel or something. I, I, I saw Spencer's picture. I was like, he looks normal. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> and so, in case you look normal, I, I, I came in and sat in your chair. And he started operating on my teeth. And... Yeah, he's, he's a, I, I got to know him, invited him to church, and he never came. So I was like, well, okay, fine. <laughs> fine, fine, no problem there. But uh, he's my dentist. It's just, I mean, I got to, got to know him. And, but one day, Spencer and Chloe came walking in here, and, and like, wow, yeah, I got to meet you. And your mom was over here from California, and I got to meet you guys. And, and it's just been, it's been rewarding just to, uh, just to have you guys as a part of City Life Center. But tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, Spencer, where are you from, and what, what brings you out here? Well, we're from, we're from Stockton, California. Um, we moved to DFW about five years ago. Mm-hmm. We lived in Dallas for two years, and Ooh. we've been in, been in Fort Worth for three. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. So Fort Worth is now, is now one out. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. And it, it, it's good to see you. Uh, uh, Chloe, I know you did, that, uh, that you're, 
Now, I, I know something about you. You're like a Taekwondo girl. In fact, yeah. you guys know this? Sitting on the stage right now is the state champion two years in a row of Taekwondo. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. She's going, yay. Yeah. <laughs> so chilled. But you're not chilled when you're doing Taekwondo. No. I've seen the videos your dad puts up. It's like, wow, that girl's crazy. You really do it. You, you do a good job. And I, I asked her, like, hey, you know, could you show us some moves? She goes, in a dress? I don't think so. <laughs> but, but pretty awesome. Now, now uh, when you first came, Chloe, uh, to church, I, I remember... I, I remember it was, you know, seeing you. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Dr. Spencer. He talked about his his daughter, and here here she is. And he went. You went back to the to the kids' church area. But then, I, I remember you came out really happy mm. afterwards. That that one day. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your first experience. What was it like? I was really confused because it was new. Uh -huh. Because usually, like my school church, it's more kind of just you stay, you pray, you kneal. Yeah. Yeah, and so the, the that's the church that you where you, you go to school yeah. also, and so mm -hmm. it's very formal. Yeah, we do that every Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So you do the the pray kneel kneel yeah. thing, and, yeah. and and when you came running out, you you do. Do you remember what you said that day? Mm -hmm. or what did you say that day? I don't remember. Oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> Because I've told people this, I, I don't. I usually mm -hmm. don't say it's Chloe. I just said there's this girl, this cool girl. Mm -hmm. But but Chloe came running out and she she said, "Wow, this is great." She says, "She goes, I thought it was a kneeling church, but no, it's a fun <laughs> church. I like this place. I'm gonna come back." Mm -hmm. And you did. Mm -hmm. You still like it back there? Yeah. Cool, cool. Tell us what what you like about it in, in the kids' church. I like helping out. I like playing around with the kids. Cool. cool, cool. Spencer, tell us about, about what brought you here. What, what brought you guys to sit um, we were We were always going to church every Sunday, but we got to a point where we were at that we felt um, we felt like we weren't, both Chloe and I, we talked about it, we felt like we weren't growing anymore. Yeah. So uh, we decided to look for a new one, and we tried a few churches, I think like four. And then one Sunday morning, um, we were about to go somewhere. We weren't sure where. And then um, I remembered, oh, Tim has a church. So then we we came here, and we've been coming ever since. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, and we're glad you have. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So um, tell me, tell me, Spencer, I mean, why did you choose to stay here? Because, again, you could have gone anywhere else, but why would you stay around here? We chose to stay because um, we felt like we were getting more out of it, like we were growing. We were, I know I said that earlier, but we were... Um, uh, growing as people in the yeah. church, uh, loving God more. I could tell that Chloe really liked it a lot in the kids' church, so we decided to stay. Cool, cool. Mm. Chloe, um, what do you like about the people around here at City Life? I can't choose, because I like everyone and everything here, <laughs> so nothing else. Awesome. See, and they, they need to give you extra candy back there for saying that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but that's cool. You can't even think of the whole reason. You just love it all so much. Mm -hmm. well, we love it's you just too. fun coming every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So, um, uh, Spencer, what would you, what would you tell someone who may have the walls up in their life? They're isolated. Uh, they're just, they're kind of just living in a box, and, and they don't may not even think church is for them. What would you say to them? I'd say that it's um, more people probably feel that way than they realize. Yeah. Kind of like when you're in elementary school and you have a question, but you don't want to ask the question because yeah. you don't want to be the only person. But yeah. really, there's a whole bunch of people that feel that way too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So if you were if you were to invite someone to visit, hang out at City Life, I mean, what, how would you describe us? Um, 
I'd probably describe it as more fun than, um, <laughs> than other places and a good place to grow. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we do is, is early in the mornings we have prayer time with, with some of the leaders and team members. And, and, and I have this little line that I've always said, and someone finally called this to my attention that I said it every time at the end of prayer. Uh, and I, now I say it very intentionally, but I always say, okay, let's haul off and have a good time. And, and really that's what we want to do. We have a good time doing this. So if you were to tell a friend of yours about City Life, what would you say? How would you tell them? It's like, yeah, here's why you need to come visit my church. I've actually already had a friend. I finally got her to come because for a long time she doesn't like going to the actual church because she gets kind of bored. She doesn't like it. Yeah. But I told her that it's more of a fun, casual church. You can go to the kids' church, do that, or you can come to the actual yeah, and you know that's important to us around here is that even with, with church, well, when, when you're happy and you're having a good time, it actually opens up your mind and opens up your heart a lot more to everything that's happening. And and uh, a church shouldn't be boring. Bottom line, it shouldn't be boring for anyone. I mean, who wants to go and sit for two hours and be bored stiff? Because if that's the case, I mean, we're not doing we're not doing the right thing. But. No shame on anyone else, but I'm glad that, the, that we have that here, and I'm glad you're around. And one of these days, I'm going to preach a good sermon about kicking the devil in the face or something like that. Right. I'm going to have you come show us some moves. Will, will you do that? No, thanks. You, you won't do it? Oh, no. Please, please, please. You can do so well. Well, I, well, yeah. I, 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 we, we could probably work something out, don't you think? Like like double candy and promise okay, to brush your teeth? Okay, that's fair. All right, so God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Spencer. God bless Thank you. you know, this is home. I love coming home after a long day of work. Why? Because at my home, there's peace. Home is a place where I can come and unwind. Uh, home is a place where I can come and be relaxed and I can kick back. And home is a place where I don't have to impress anyone. In fact, the truth is I can't impress anyone at home because they know me. Home is a place where I can go in the kitchen and grab a sandwich. Home is a place where I can come in through the back door because nobody else gets to go through the back door except me and the people who live there. Home is a place where I can laugh and just be myself. I can let down. That's what city life is. And you get to choose to make it that way. It's my church. It's my home. I get to be normal here. Yet at the same time, a big question that I hear, I hear this a lot, is people will ask, why doesn't the church do more for the community? You ever hear that question? I mean, I hear it a lot as a pastor, and, and I just want to address that very quickly because I think that's a very misguided question. In fact, to be honest with you, I believe I have earned the right to address this question because a huge part of what I do is, many of you know, is that I volunteer for our city to lead compassion initiatives from the, from the city offices. So my response to, to that statement or that question is this answer. Listen carefully to my answer. The most important thing the church can do for the community is to do church. 
the most important thing that we can do is to provide a place for people to bring their families on Sundays to experience God and God's people. Because here at church, at your home, we're going to talk about the real life issues. At church, we're going to talk about marriage and stress issues and and healthy personal interactions and forgiving people and loving people. At church, we're going to deal with real issues like worry and fear and depression. At church, we're going to talk about how to stay married and how to not abuse your kids. At church, we're going to give people the hope of eternity. At church, we are going to encounter God together. At church, people are set free from spiritual and emotional bondage through the power of God. At church, healthy community can happen where people actually intentionally go to one another and build each other up. And I'll just tell you, a guy who interacts with other pastors, I don't need to say this, churches in general do not want to lose that focus because that is the best thing that we bring to the community. So our focus is not a diet plan. It's not a business model. It's not a stage show. Those things are all peripheral. In fact, I'm telling you, there are plenty of voices out there addressing all of that stuff because the church deals with soul issues. The church deals with spiritual issues. In fact, the church actually prevents a society from imploding on itself. Now, please understand, this is not an argument against community involvement or healthy initiatives because as you know by now, I am all for community involvement. But, but this is important. When doing good things takes our focus off of offering quality Sunday worship gatherings for the people in our community, everything goes downhill. People come to our church and they hear about Jesus and they embrace a new way of life, and they put a new label on their identity, and they become different people, and they begin to discover their purpose. And at church, people are transformed through the power of God. We're not just another nonprofit, as wonderful as they are. Fact, nonprofits come and they go. Fact, the church has been here for over 2,000 years, and it continues to grow. That's why we as a church, as a a local congregation, City Life Center, our approach is this. We choose to partner with organizations and with other people who are already in the community doing a great job. See, we do this instead of trying to pioneer new efforts in the community. So City Life doesn't exist to start a homeless ministry. City Life doesn't exist to start a food bank. What we do is we partner with the people who are already doing this in the community. See, one of the terrible things that's said about churches is that churches just want something from you. And that's, that's laughable, to be honest, because I don't, I don't ever say that about family. I will never say that all Rebecca and Preston and Devin and Ian want is to get something from me. That's sick. That's, that's, that's weird. Nor is that true about the church, which is a very powerful family that you've been grafted into that's 2,000 years old. Why? It's because God dwells in the church. Paul puts it this way. He says this in Galatians 6. Let's not allow ourselves to, look at this, allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. So there's, there's a chance you can do that, but you, you have to draw the line in the sand for yourself. In fact, around here, we say something. We say, you, if you're going to serve, you need to feed and be fed. So you feed and you feed other people and you help, but you also have to sit down and be fed and receive. It says, let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. 
at the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. So there's a, there's, you know, you're not going to keep going and getting fatigued, but you're not going to quit. There's a healthy balance in there that we strive to maintain for all of us. It says, right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us right here in the family, the community of faith, which means we take care of each other first. Why do we do that? It's because the scripture tells us to, so that we can be strong and healthy enough to serve the community and the rest of the world. Get on a flight. What do they say? Please put the oxygen mask on yourself first then on the child. That's how we can save the world. That's, in fact, within this church, what we do is we provide extravagantly for the homeless among us in our church family. Jack, you have meals for a week, and I told you you better come back here 10 pounds fatter than you are next week than you are right now because we take care of each other. We walk with each other through the trials of life. I know the church isn't perfect. I know that because it's filled with a bunch of sinners saved by grace, and it includes you, and it includes me. But the truth is Jesus Christ died for every single one of us, and he loves all of us imperfect, crazy, jacked-up people that call ourselves city life. <laughs> and in fact, the flaws that you notice in the church are probably the ones that you are actually called to repair. Let's pray. Let me ask you to close your eyes and just focus internally for just a moment. I've talked a lot about Jesus. And if you want to know this Jesus that we've talked about and you want a clean slate, you want to live the rest of your life with this renewed sense of purpose, I'm simply going to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you want to be a part of this closing prayer, and if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm simply going to ask you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand in just a moment because faith is when you respond outwardly to whatever is happening inwardly. And know this, God loves you so much. He died for you so that you can have life and everything changes today. Would you lift your hand for me? Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus today. How many of you would say that? I want to give my life to Christ today. Thank you. Anyone else? Come on, will, will everybody, will you guys just stand right now? Everyone stand in here. And, and if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you, along with this entire congregation of believers, to simply pray these words with me. Come on, pray now. Pray these words. Dear Jesus, come on, say it out loud. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to be part of your church, which is my church, my home. In Jesus' name, amen.